I got a call from Pastor George, and it was actually exciting, you know, knowing that uh, I'm coming uh, to preach here. Uh, it's a great opportunity, and such opportunities, you don't get them uh, maybe uh, every time. So I, I want to say thank you and uh, uh, thank the church uh, uh, volunteers, uh, elders, uh, deacons, or bots. I don't know how you call it exactly. So I want to say thank you for allowing me, you know, right from Cameroon, to be speaking to you today. And uh, during the first service, I, I said, I may speak a bit fast because that is the way I speak. So uh, if you cannot hear me well, I, I don't know. You may have to ask your neighbor, did you get him? <laughs> but I was glad when everyone told me, oh, pastor, we got you well. So, so I, pray, I, I, I pray you will also get me. So uh, we always have calls that come through our phones, and uh, there are some calls that we are excited when they are coming, and some that we reject. And uh, I want to let you know that God has been calling us. God has been calling you. And there are some who are excited about the call that God has given. Uh, there are some who have rejected the call, maybe. But I believe that if you rejected the call, you will not be here today, so you have not rejected but maybe you have not done something about the, uh, you did not reject, but you did not also answer, so it went to the answering machine. So you, will, you may have to check your answering machine after this message to see what are the, the, uh, you know, the calls that came from the Lord that are uh, uh, in that machine. And this morning, I, I want to be uh, preaching from the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter, chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 7 that uh, I'm going to read here. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his early, uh, early life, was a descendant of David. Okay, so to the, if we move to the next slide, oh, let me uh, maybe open here. Okay, it's already there. And who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. Through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. So I will stop there for now. Thank you, Tanisha. Uh, Let us pray. Lord, I exalt your name this morning. I bless you. I thank you for being faithful again today in giving me this uh, opportunity as you had promised me that this very gospel that you have given me will be preached even by me all over the world. And this is an opportunity for me to preach out of Africa, out of Cameroon, Right here in America, I pray that you speak to your children. Minister to us this day again, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So to be called, like Apostle Paul, uh, you know, uh, is talking here. You know, when, we go through, when you go through this, uh, these verses, you hear about him uh, talking about, uh, you know, his calling, that he was called to be set apart, uh, you know, uh, to be an apostle. He was set apart uh, as an apostle. And when I try to, 
uh, you know, uh, study what it means to be set apart, or uh, I mean to be an apostle. So it simply means to be set apart and to be set apart by God and go for him, you know, to represent God uh, 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 where we, we are. So the apostle Paul was saying, he was saying to represent God, you know, as an apostle. And that is why he stood to say that he has been called to be an apostle. And uh, each one of us has been called when we go through scriptures. If we go through 2 Corinthians, for instance, chap uh, chapter 5, from verse 17 to 20, we, we will see that we, you know, this used to be one of my favorite uh, passage, uh, passages, that we have, uh, you know, we have been uh, set apart by God. And he said that if anyone is in Christ, therefore he is a new creation. And he said that all is gone and all has become uh, new. And he said, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And this very word of Christ's ambassadors uh, is the word, is the very word that is used here by the Apostle Paul, saying that he has been sent, he, ha he has been sent as Christ's uh, ambassador, he has been sent as an apostle, and he said, all of us, we have been called to be his ambassadors, and he said, as though God were making his appeal through us, through each one of us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, talking about, you know, the people that he was uh, Apostle Paul was uh, speaking to, saying that God has called us to be his ambassador. So each one of us has been called to be God's ambassador uh, uh, wherever we are. And to be an ambassador means to represent the one, you know, who is sending you. And so this word is a word that is kind of linked to uh, being called. And being called means to be summoned or invited to be someone special and do something special, this for God. So we are his ambassadors called to be someone special, called to do something special. And so the Apostle Paul, through this uh, Romans chapter 1 that we have just read, is letting us know that we are called to belong to Christ. So that is the first level, that is the first dimension of our calling. You know, God calling us. You know, I said your phone ringing, uh, has been ringing and God is calling and he is calling saying, I want you to belong to Christ. So that is the first dimension. So I, I, I answered this call in the first year when I was in the university. I just got into the university and someone shared with me the four spiritual laws. And uh, uh, I became born again by, uh, you know, answering the call that God, uh, God was giving me. And so I became, I became a born again. And, and that was the call to belong to Christ. And this call, when we keep going down, uh, it says that he has called us to be the holy people of God. We have been called by God. He has called us to be his holy people, to be people who are set apart, to be people who are different, different in our families, different in our generations, different in our society. He has called us for that. And the book of Romans is a very special book because the Apostle Paul, you know, in writing the other letters, you know, he is writing to respond to some uh, challenges that the, the churches were going through. But the book of Romans is a bit uh, peculiar because he is not answering any challenge. He is not writing for, you know, the, he is not responding maybe to any letter. He is just telling them that I wish I can come and be with you. I've heard about you. And this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to serve God. So it's a great book. You know, I just went through this book three weeks ago. I just went through the book. So you can go through the book of Romans if you truly want to understand about this calling and what God is calling each one of us to be. So he said that he has called us to be set apart. He has called us 
to belong to Christ. He has called us to be the people of God. And that is, uh, uh, Second Corinthians is confirming that and uh, adding that we are therefore called to be his servant. Because throughout the book of Romans, you will understand that it is the grace of God that saves us. God gave us great grace. You know, I, uh, I did not uh, intend, I did not work to be saved. I, I, uh, I did nothing, so it's by his grace I've been saved. And, uh, uh, of course, Ephesians will, uh, will confirm that. And there are so many great men of God who had impact, you know, in the world that got, who got converted through the book of Romans. Uh, we have, uh, if you have heard about St. Augustine, you know, when St. Augustine was going through Romans, uh, Romans chapter 13, for instance, verse 13 to 14, you know, these are the verses that converted him, that made him to understand what the gift of God was for, uh, for each one of us. And uh, even Martin Luther, you know, the reformer, you know, when he went through Romans chapter 1, verse 17, uh, he understood what it meant to be saved by grace. And the spirit of the reformation started, you know, through this verse when he read this. And that is what maybe uh, is, uh, has enabled us to be sitting here today as evangelical. I want to believe that. So the book of Romans uh, has been a very, uh, it's a very great book. And going through it can really help you understand the calling and the purpose of God. And I remember Pastor George, when he was in my church, Salvation Baptist Church, he preached from Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and he made me, you know, understand a lot of things about that verse that, that helped me a lot, that came to me some years back as a revelation from God, actually. And I was very blessed by that sermon. I want to say thank you again because my Christians, they can still remember that, uh, that message that you preach and and, and we were so glad. And so through the book of Romans, we understand that God has called each one of us. God has called us. And by his grace, not, not by what we are doing, not by our work, but through faith in Christ, we, are, we, we have been saved. And, uh, and he has called us. He has saved us for a purpose. He has called us to live a life just like when we go through Genesis chapter 12 from verse uh, from verse 1 and 3, we can read that the Lord had said to Abraham, he said, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And now verse 2 says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And now verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. So he called Abraham out. So the book of Romans helps us to understand, just like Abraham, we were not the people of God. Just like Abraham, we were lost. Just like Abraham, we were nowhere. And then God called us out. He gave, he he called Abraham, and Abraham answered. And I want to believe that you are sitting here today because you have answered his call. And I praise God for you. But I want you to go further than just receiving the call of being saved. Okay, that is why we are here today. So he called for Abraham out. And when he brought Abraham, he said, I'm going to use you to bless many nations. And that is why I am standing here now, Pastor George. When I, when I was called, I answered the call. I became born again. And then he said, you have to do more. I have not only called you to belong to me, but I have called you to serve me. And that is how I found 
found myself you know, uh, becoming uh, a pastor today. But of course, uh, it wasn't uh, very easy, uh, you know, for me to understand that. I went through a, a series of uh, happenings in my life, you know, that enabled me to understand the purpose for which I was called, the purpose for which I was saved. And uh, uh, like Abraham, each one of us, we have been called for something great. We have been called for something big. You see, Abraham, a man, you know, being called from his own people. And God saying, Abraham, nations shall be blessed through you. I am calling you as an individual. I am calling you. He called me Victor as a, you know, I'm from a very tiny village in, in, from Cameroon, very small. And my family is not even known. It's a very small family. So the family of Abraham, just like that, I'm not sure that family was known. But he said, I'm calling you and you are going to be a blessing to nations. Okay. He was nowhere. He said, through you. I'm going to bless nations. And that is the same call that each one of us here we have received from 2 Corinthians. When we read 2 Corinthians, or, uh, or, or if you go through uh, Romans chapter 1, 6 to 7, we have that day that each one of us, we have been called for something great. Because the gospel, the gospel is, uh, the gospel is, is bigger than one person. You know, just like the call of Abraham. The gospel is bigger than one church. The gospel is bigger than one nation. So God could not call you just for one church. God cannot call you just for one nation. God did not call you just for one, for, uh, yeah, one country, one people. He called Abraham and he said, nations shall be blessed through you. And I thank God because Pastor Judge had this understanding that my calling was not just for Life Point Church, and that is why he is in Cameroon. Can we put our hands, can we clap together for that? It's something great. It's great to have that understanding. Hallelujah. No, the, the gospel is bigger than America, Pastor George. Yeah. yeah, you know, when I went to the embassy to get a visa, they were asked, you know, the, the, the consulate was asking me, what are you going to do in America? I said, oh, this man doesn't understand that what I have in me is bigger than America. Yeah. So that is it. That is the gospel. So you cannot, you cannot keep the gospel. If you truly receive the gospel, when you receive the gospel, it's something that makes you to be greater, to be bigger than what you are if you truly receive the gospel. When God calls you out and you come out, you must be sent out. Amen. When you come out, you must be sent out. If, if you are not going out, then you have not yet come out. I don't know if you are getting me. <laughs> Amen, church. Amen. If you are not going out, you have not yet been called out. And there are so many people there in church, but they are not out of many, many lives they have been living. You know, someone in church uh, came to me and he, he asked me, he said, Pastor Victor, each time you preach, you look at me. I feel bad because it's as if you know about me. So he's not comfortable because she's not comfortable. Because I'm looking at her. She's living in fornication. So he's talking about fornication again. So maybe he knows last night. Okay. So such Christians can never go out. And I remember there are times when we went out for outreach. My church, I said, okay, we're going out for outreach. We will just look at the Christian and say, oh, we're going to your, to your area for outreach. And, you know, that day, that person 
will disappear because as we are going to his area, he is not ready to go out because she or he has not yet come out. Now, how can you pr preach to prostitute when you are a prostitute? How can you preach to drug addicts when you are a drug addict? Now, you need to come out and then you go back to them to tell them this is what I've become. To share your testimony. So Abraham was called out of the life he was living. And when he came out with the power of God in him, with the gospel in him, the gospel is the power of God for the transformation of the world. With the gospel in him, God said, I'm, now, I'm going to use you. I'm sending you to bless nations. So if you are not able to be a blessing to many or to nations, then you have not come out. If you are truly out, you will be a blessing. So many people have not responded to God's call. They are not responding. God has called us to belong to him. God has called us to serve him. So some people do not belong to God yet. They don't yet belong to God. Some people are not serving God. So, but I want to share this morning some three, some, some, some three ways that you can, you know, practically, very simply, uh, you know, check. Do a check of life to know if you have answered the call of God. So just three. The first thing is that for you to know that you have answered the call of God, you need to be doing what you need to be what God wants you to be. When you learn to be what God wants you to be, then you have answered the call of God. Because God cannot call you and you remain the same. You cannot answer the call of God and you remain the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17 that we read said that we are new creatures. So the old is gone and everything has become new. You cannot say that you are a Christian and you are still living like a pagan. No, you cannot be. You have to be called out. He said we have been called to belong to Christ. So the first way is to be the person that God wants you to be. God wants you to be something. You know, when I was going to the university, I, I, uh, there are many things I wanted to be in life. But I did, not want, I, I did not want to be a Christian. Because to be a Christian meant to be weak. To be a Christian meant to be separated from enjoyment, you know. So, but I, I, I did not want that. So, until when I received the gospel. And when the gospel came to me, it became very, uh, you know, uh, compelling, com compelling, compelling. Is it English? Okay. So, it was very, com uh, you know, compelling me. Okay, yeah, you have, you, as I'm, I'm receiving it, so you, you have to, this is what you have to be. This is what you have been, and this is what you have to be. So you, so you have to be different. This is what God is expecting of you. So as I kept reading scriptures, I was discovering what God wanted me to be, to belong to Christ. And you must be that to belong to Christ. You cannot be different, and you say you belong to Christ. Because there are some people, they want to live the lives that they want and they're asking for some rights to belong to Christ. But yet they are not doing what Christ is expecting of them. But they want, they want to live their lives. They want to be something except, except what Christ is asking. And they are asking for rights. Rights inside church. They're asking for rights also like any other Christians. That is wrong. But you know, you can even be, you can even be in a church like this. But Christ knows those who are his, but you don't belong to him. Because he knows that you are not what he wants you to be. But now we are called to be what he wants us to be. And we are called in, in, in being what he wants us to be. We have to belong to him and belong 
to the church. We have to belong to his family. Amen. We have to belong to his family. And this is a great opportunity that we have, you know, to have a sense of belonging because so many people, and that is what Apostle Paul understood through Romans, so many people are looking, you know, for a sense of belonging, right? So many people, they want to feel, oh, do I belong here? And most often they say, oh, that church, I don't belong because uh, they are not doing what I'm expecting. No, no, you don't belong because you are not doing what God is expecting, not what the church what, not what, uh, you, you know, the church is not the problem. The problem is because you don't have a sense of belonging because you are not doing what you are expected to do. Because if you are in, in, uh, in the church and you are a drug addict, you don't, have, you don't feel that you belong. You don't feel that you, you belong because when the pastor is preaching, looking at you, he says, oh, he's exclusive. He's exclusive. He's excluding me. Okay, so you don't feel that you belong. And now if you are not... You, you know, you are not living the, the rightful life. You are not uh, living the way Christ is expecting. You will not have a sense of belonging. Now, if you are in the church and you are not giving tithes, uh, I don't know, do you, uh, I heard you tithe here, you, you give tithe here. Now, if you are not giving tithe, uh, when, offering bus, when offering is going on, people are giving offering, you don't give offering, you will not feel that you belong. Because you feel, oh, I, I'm not, you feel, you feel, you want the service to be over and you run away. Yeah, because you are not doing what they're expecting from you. But when, you know, when you come and you, you, you give your tithe, you give your offering, they say, we are going out for outreach, and you are with the church, you, are going, you feel that you belong. You say, this is my family. So you cannot be part of a family and you choose to do, but you are on thing. You have to do, but what is expected, you know, that we expect that to do from scriptures, from the direction of the church, from the vision of the church. So when you start doing that, then you feel that you belong. And when you feel that you belong, of course, you don't come late to church. Uh, thank God, in America, people don't go late to church. Right, but... I wish, yes. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, in Africa, we preach for one hour. I, 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 we preach for one hour. I, I was saying first, uh, first but uh, uh, in America, I think 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So, I, I, so I'm aware of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you have to be what? You have to be what God wants you to be. Okay, if you are not what God wants you to be, you will not be able to feel a sense of belonging in the church. You cannot come to the church and you want to be a Muslim in the church. It cannot work, right? You cannot come to the church and you want to be a Buddhist. Can it work? No, you have to become a Christian. Then you feel that you belong to the church, right? Amen? Amen. I'm not talking about cultures, okay? I'm not talking about cultures, you know, Buddhism or Islam, whatever. That is, those, are, those are religion. I, I don't see that as cultures, but people see that as cultures, of course. So I'm not insultive. So now, uh, so that is it. You need to uh, work, you know, in uh, working in the way that God wants you, you know, and, and then you will have a true sense of belonging. The second thing is that you should, uh, we should do what God wants us to do. So the first thing, remember I said that we should be what God wants us to be, and then we will uh, know that we have responded to God's call. And the second thing is that we should be what God, we should do what God wants us to do. Amen? You know, we always hear a lot of things. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor George, I've taken uh, more than a month to prepare this message. Okay, so take more than a month. 
to prepare a message. And most often, you know, in my, like right now, if you ask me what is my, my message in my church in January, I can tell you. Yesterday you asked me, I told you. Right? So now, uh, so we take time to work, to prepare messages, and we give it out. And Christians, they do nothing. They, they are doing nothing with the messages that we give. So you can imagine what uh, it is. You don't know what the pastors go through to, to, to work hard and help you do what God wants you to do. But you hear the, you hear the messages. You read, uh, you read the Bible uh, every time. You know the problem today with the church is not lack of uh, understanding. Uh, people know a lot in the church, of course. But the problem is that they are not doing. The problem is not... Do, knowing, we actually know. I, I'm sure that what I'm saying here, you have heard it somewhere else. I'm sure the scripture uh, that we have read, you have read it over and over. But the point is that we are not doing. We are not doing. And uh, that is the point. So we, uh, when we read from Matthew, let's read from Matthew chapter uh, 25, from 14 to 30. Uh, I want us to see something there. And uh, the Bible says that again, it will be like a man going on a journey, talking about the kingdom of God. Who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them? And uh, it says, to one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags. And to, an, to another one, he gave, uh, he gave one bag. And each according to his ability. And then he went on his, uh, he went to the uh, far journey. Yeah, uh, the following. Uh, now, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and he put his monies to work. And he gained five bags more. And so also the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more, okay? Now, but the man who had received only one bag went off. He dug a big hole, I've added. He dug a hole and, uh, in the ground and hid his master's money. Okay, now, now the master said, uh, uh, master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And then the other one said, Okay, thank you. Okay, we are on five, right. Then the man of two also said, okay, you trust me with two, then again, again two more, and then the one with one, he did nothing with it. So he did nothing with what the master had given him. He did nothing with what he had received. And when we go to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 7 to 12, the Bible says that to each one of us, when God ascended on high, grace, he gave gifts unto men. So to so each one of us, grace has been Given. So each one of us has received a portion of grace from God. Each one of us has received a gift from God. And every day when you come to church, you keep receiving the blessings from the Lord. You keep receiving the, graces, the, the grace from the Lord. You know, through the messages, as I'm preaching now, grace is being given to you. Amen. So each one of us has received that. But now the problem is that to one, uh, one is called to be an apostle, one, the other one is called to be a prophet, the other one is called to be uh, an evangelist, and so, so on. We are cite, they, are, they are citing that. And he said when they all work together, they all work together to build the church of God. Amen. But now so many of us, we keep receiving what we have received, or we keep even receiving, but we are doing nothing with what we have received. Like the man who received one back, he went and, 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 and dug a hole and buried the one back. Because most often we are looking at those who have five backs. We are looking at those who have two backs. They say, oh, he has five. Oh, Pastor George has five. Pastor Dennis has three or two or four or what? He's got five. Okay, then, then the, praise, the praise singers here, 
Okay, they got three, they got four, they have, okay, okay. Just take it like that, okay. So now, uh, I, 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 have, I have only one. I have only one. And the one I have is that I can come to church. That's the one I have. Okay, you have one back. So now the point here is that if we put each one of you having one, because the Bible is clear, each one of us, to each one of us, grace has been given. To each one of us, grace has been given. As Christ apportioned it. Meaning that each one has received at least a back. But now we are looking only at those who have five backs, three backs, four backs. But if this money, let's say, Pastor George, maybe I have four backs, you have five. Then... Uh, about two bucks, nine bucks. Now, all these congregations, they have one, one bucks. If you put all their bucks together, it's more than our nine bucks. Amen. Amen. So the church is failing today because they are looking at those who have five bucks, four bucks, three bucks, and, and you sit doing nothing with one buck. But if the one bucks could put their one bucks into use, we will see that the church will do greater than what she is doing right now. Amen? Amen? Yeah, the one back is the one give, the one thing that God has given you. So the, the point now is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Maybe my one back can just enable me to call a Christian and say, oh, are you going to church tomorrow? Oh, I did not see you in church. That is my one back. I'm using it. Oh, that's great. And I'm gaining, I, I will definitely get another one. Okay. Maybe my own is just to come to church uh, and uh, sit and smile. Do you know that it's a gift to smile with, your preach, with, the, uh, uh, with the speaker, you know? You know, when I'm preaching, I look at you. If you don't smile, I feel there's a problem. <laughs> so it is a gift for you. You know, just smiling is a bag that you are using. And God is going to bless you for that. So just smiling with the preacher is a gift. So when you go out as you smile with, with me, also smile with somebody out there and say, Jesus loves you. So that is one back. And just that Jesus loves you that you have said you have put your one back into use and the person tomorrow will come to church here. So you are one back as one, another one back. But you have to know that the one who has five backs may still win but one back like you. So don't feel that the man with five backs will just go and win five backs. No, it takes, it's a process. So if you win one, one backs, you can win more than the man even who has five backs. Okay. So now we don't have to be, so we, most often we don't do what we are, and, and most often what makes us not to do what we are called to do is because we are uh, results driven. So we are like, uh, we are like uh, discouraged, we are discouraged because we don't have the results that we are expecting. Or when Pastor George preaches, they clap, but if I preach, nobody will clap. Or when he preaches, they understand, if I preach, they will not understand. So that is it. But God asks you to preach. Or oh, when I'm preaching, they are not repenting. I've never saved a soul. Oh, that preacher said that he won five people to Christ. Since I'm born again, I've never won one person to Christ. I don't know if that is your situation. Have you ever won somebody in court? I'm putting winning in court, okay? Because it's a bit, a neg it's a bit negative in missions terms, but I'm using it uh, in court. Okay, so now, have you ever really, you know, brought someone to Christ? Okay, maybe, maybe never. Is it because you cannot do that? No, it's not because you cannot do that, but it's because you have not understood that you are not called to make people repent. You are not called to make people convert. You are not the Holy Spirit. You are called to preach. So if I preach this morning and nobody is changing, I have preached. 
So you are not called to change people. And there is this story that is told of a man that was asked to be pushing a big stone, very large stone. He was asked to push the stone by an angel through a revelation. So he went out and he started pushing the stone. And he was pushing the stone, pushing. But the stone was big. He said, but this stone cannot move. So after three days, he went and sat down. And then the angel came back and asked him, why are you not pushing the stone? He said, but I've been pushing that stone for three days now and the stone is going nowhere. Okay, it has not moved even an inch. And the angel said, no, I did not ask you to move the stone. I asked you simply to push the stone. So just be pushing the stone and God will move it. Now the point is that we stop doing what God has asked us to do and so God is doing little through us because we are not doing what he has asked us to do. If we start doing what he has asked us to do, then we will see God moving in a greater dimension, in a bigger way. I was giving you testimony yesterday of, of me preaching somewhere and I, 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 I was just preaching and there was this young man who was throwing a stone, you know, uh, at me. And I could say, oh, Lord, you sent me to preach. Now I'm preaching and someone is shooting me. But I just kept preaching. And the guy was throwing his stones. So I was preaching. It was in a crusade that I organized. And this guy, some years after, I sat in my house and someone entered. And he told me, he asked me, can you remember me? I said, no, I think my mother-in-law should know the story. Uh, Pastor Nathan, okay? Okay. So he's a pastor now. Oh, oh sorry. I've, I've, I've given the secret. I wanted to end by saying that. <laughs> so this guy, this guy entered my house and he told me, he said, Pastor Victor, can you remember me? I said, no, I don't know. I don't even know you. So he spoke and spoke and said, do you know what happened? One day you were preaching somewhere and I was throwing, I was, I was throwing stones on you. And you said, you look at me and said, you will preach this gospel. And today, I have just graduated from seminary. I'm a pastor. Okay. So, I was just preaching. I was just preaching. I did not go to, uh, to hold him for him to repent. If you just do what God is expecting you to do, you will see God moving greatly. God is able to do greater than what we ever think or imagine. He can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond our imagination. But we are not doing what he's asking us to do. You need to start doing what he asks you to do. And most often some people, when they start doing, in less than no time, they are discouraged and they say, oh, I'm resting. You don't have, you don't have to, oh. Provided you are resting, you are taking a retreat in the glory of God. Because I know the only time God rested is when he rested to contemplate his work. Right? To contemplate the glory of his work. So if you are resting to contemplate what God has been doing through you, praise God. But if there is nothing that you are seeing, please don't rest. <laughs> you don't have to rest. And someone will say, oh, I'm done with God. Pastor John, you know there are people who say, I'm done with God. Some people don't do what God is expecting them to do because they have been disappointed with God. And there were moments when I felt that way. You say, I'm done with God. But I want to tell you, never, never, never think that you can be done with God. You can never be done with God until you go to glory, to be with him. You can never be done with God. Because, do you know why you, or you should never be done with God? You should never be done with God because God is not yet done with you. Amen? 
Maybe you have been preaching. Nobody is believing. It's not over. God is not done with you. Amen. No, it's not. You have to keep on. There is something you are doing for God. You don't yet have the result. God is not done. He's not done with you. Don't say, God, I'm giving up. Don't give up. God is not giving up on you. He is still working. He's still preparing you for something bigger. You know, there are some failures that we have in life and we feel, oh, that is all uh, what we expected and we, 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 we abandon. Whereas God wanted to do something bigger than what we even expected. And we give up before that time. So you don't have to give up because God will not give up on you and he's still working and he's doing great things. And I believe that the things that he has promised that he will do is faithful and he will certainly do that as we put, as we put our trust in him. Now, uh, I like what C.T. Stewart, uh, a student missionary to China, I, I like what he said. And uh, he was motivated by the fact uh, by, uh, he, he, he always said, only one life. This is what he always said. He said, only one life. It will soon be past. Only what is done for Christ will last. Only what is done for Christ will last. So I have only one life, and that is it. And so the third point, and the last point that I want to share this morning, is that we should be where God wants us to be. If we must be able to answer God's call, to respond to God's calling, like Abraham, he said, leave, go to, go to the place where I will show you. But many of us, we are not where God wants us to be. We are where we want to be. Amen? Amen. To be candid, when I was growing up, my dream was to be in America. If you go even in Europe, you go in Paris. Well, I've not lived there, but at least I've passed through Paris. I've discussed with some people there. Because when I stop in any airport, I can share with a few people. I share the gospel. Like yesterday, there's this lady... Uh, you came to pick me, this lady I was playing with, so we, we spent two hours sharing. It was interesting. I don't know if she's here. She told me she was going to be here today. So uh, uh, you have to be where God wants you to be. And I want to say that even in Paris, even in Europe, they want to come to America. If you tell a preacher in Africa, you are going as a missionary to, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, to America. <laughs> missionary, America? Yes. But you are going to Afghanistan. No. <laughs> if you tell anyone, there are some people here, if you tell them, okay, now, you are going as a, as a missionary to Africa. Africa? Let's clap for Pastor George. <clears throat> for the glory of God. He accepted to come to Africa and live with us. You know, when he comes there, he eats everything that we give him. <laughs> he dresses like us. You know, at times it can be a punishment to dress in a way. I remember when I used to be used to just wearing jeans. When I became born again, I had to change the way I dressed. So the first time I, I wore a coat, I was not comfortable. So I don't know how you feel when you wear our clothes, but you have been a good missionary. Yeah. So you need to be where God wants you to be. And that is why I am in Africa. That is why I am in Cameroon. And I am here now because God wants me to be here now. But after that, I'm going back because I stay here maximum 12 weeks and, I, and, and I'm gone back. Because I love to be in Africa where there are bullets passing everywhere at a time. 
The gospel is sweeter. Where Christians are being persecuted at times where they are being killed. It makes more meaning. You may think that the best is to be where everything is fine, where Christians are accepted. You want to be where Christians are, are accepted. You know, someone asked me after first service, he said, Pastor, he came to me and he said, how do I, uh, how do I react toward those, you know, if God asked me to be where people don't want me to be as a Christian? I said, you just love them. To be candid, I would not like to be sent as a missionary uh, in a Muslim country, personally. It's difficult. But if God says so, I will have to do that. And I was happy when uh, Cheryl said, when I said, oh, are you not afraid to go to Cameroon and die? A missionary just died in Cameroon because there's war in Cameroon, in the English-speaking side. It's not everywhere, but there is war because even hunger is war. Many are not educated. That is war. Many, you know, in America, there is much food. I struggle with food here because I have a lot of food to eat. But in Africa, I don't struggle because I thank God for the, you know, the Lord's prayer is meaningful. Give us this day our daily bread. In the lives of many, it's meaningful, but I don't know if it's still meaningful here because you don't need to pray to have food. You don't need to pray to have a good house. But there are so many in Africa who don't even know if they will ever live in a house with a shower. You know, here you press a button, you have hot water coming out. But I caught cold when I was in Nigeria because I had to bathe in a bucket with cold water every time. But here in America, I'm fine. When I come here, I'm actually good. I have hot water flowing. We don't have that in Africa, but that is where God wants me to be. And when you are where God wants you to be, I'm telling you, you can be sure that you are responding to God's call. And so many of you here, when you think about what, where God wants you to be, the first thing is that he wants me to be near my mother. He wants me to be near my kids. Is it where God wants you to be to bring glory to him or to satisfy your own desires? Are you where you are because you want to be closer to your friends, your parents, your children? Or you are where you are because you want to be where you can bring much glory to God? That is the question you should ask yourself. When God called me, I believe that he asked me to be in Cameroon. But he said from there you will preach all over the world. And I've had a lot of invitations that have not yet responded, even right in uh, in Asia already. I've had invitations in Dubai. I've had invitations in all those, most of those countries where some people said, we have followed you. We want you to come. Pastor, uh, are you coming? So, but I said, okay, uh, I'm still uh, working that out. So I want to go everywhere, but of course, with a sense of direction, when and where. So I need to be sure that it is God who is actually doing that. So are you where God wants you to be? You need to ask yourself that question. So I want to conclude by uh, by, uh, by, by, by telling you that, or by, by telling us together, because I'm also concerned here, because it doesn't mean that I'm not tempted. There are always temptations uh, that come. You know, if you choose uh, to, every time, 
to really make sure that you are answering God's call, call, you need to always pray and ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do for your glory? Every time, always pray. Uh, sorry, what do you want me to be for your glory? Always pray. Lord, what do you want me to be? So as you go through scriptures every day as you are moving, as you are going to your job site, as you are relating with people around, Lord, what do you want me to be for your glory? That is the first point uh, that you should be praying for. And then the second point, you always pray uh, and ask God, uh, Lord, what do you want me to start doing, you know, to start doing uh, for, your, uh, uh, for you? Okay, what do you want me to start doing in my nation? What do you want me to start doing in my church? What do you want me even to start doing all over the world? Because the gospel is universal. It's for the world. Don't only think about America. What do you want me to start doing? Okay? And then the last point. Okay, where do you want me, Lord? Where do you want me to spend next summer? Amen? You could start with summer. Where do you want me to be? You know, Pastor George knows already where he will be January. You're in Cameroon, January. Thank you. So, now, where do you want me to be? For the glory of God. Amen. Where do you want me to be? Okay. And at a time we are afraid. Oh, there will be no provision. You know, you can be a student. You, uh, you can be, I don't know, you can be uh, just a church uh, member. But don't think that you must be a pastor to go on mission. You can be a student. You can be a, a volunteer missionary. Okay. If you are ready to answer the call of God, to go to where he wants you to be, that will bring glory to his name. You know, if you just went to... Africa, for instance, maybe to Asia or to those poor countries, just smiling with a child that has no hope can give that child hope. Even if you don't have a message, your life can be the message. And at the time you are worried about the flights. Oh, how am I going to fly? No, I've been flying for the past three years in America. Uh, America, you know, going to, uh, going to Cameroon, coming back here, and God is providing. Okay, like I'm flying back next month. When they ask me when are you flying, I say next month. But I don't yet have flight ticket, but I know God will provide. Okay, now some days uh, when you are where God wants you to be, of course he will provide for you. Some days ago, I, I received a message from Bank of America uh, that told me your account is less than $25. So don't go to purchase anything. I said, you don't need to remind me, I know that. <laughs> so... So when I was in the plane coming here, I received a message from someone that I prayed for some many years back. And she just told me, uh, Pastor Victor, I've sent you $300 as I was coming here. So I think my account now, I can buy something. <laughs> so it has always been that. God has always done that. Even in the church, as I'm working, if I am where, he told me, if you want to be where I want, if you are ready to be where I want you to be, I will always provide. I will work great things. And God works more even when you displace yourself to be somewhere else where you don't even want to be, but where he wants you to be. He has prepared great work in that place. And if you respond to that, you will see him acting greatly. I don't know if you want to respond to, uh, to this call in your lives. Whatever God has been saying, I will call for Pastor George to pray. And uh, when you go back, you keep praying these three prayer points, and the Lord will help you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
I love this man. I love his heart for God. I love his heart for his country, for him making himself available to be used by God to really disciple a whole nation. And that's what we're about. This is our next journey. And it touches my heart. And yes, we've been called. So let's pray. I, I don't know any other words to say. And let's pray. And let's ask God to bless Victor, his family, his church, the, the country of Cameroon. Because I believe God's going to do some great things there. Because I know he sent me. So let's do it. Lord, I just thank you. That you're our God. And that all the plans that you have for us are for our good. That you have called us out from the world to be your kids. To be who you want us to be in our character. Reflecting who you are to a world that is in desperate need of you. We thank you that you've given us a job to do. And may we be those who persevere. May we not be those who lack faith by stopping because we don't see the results that we, that we want to see. But may we continue to be obedient, preaching and teaching, smiling and caring, regardless of what the results may be, knowing that in your perfect timing, things will all fall into place. And God, send us. Think of Isaiah 6, where the Lord said, who will go for us? And Isaiah responded, send me. May that be in each and every one of our hearts, God. Send us to where you want us to be, knowing that when we go, we will be a blessing to other people. And so we give you this message in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.